All right, guys, welcome to 2023 and the Western Huntsman podcast. Let's come out of the gate swinging. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Tine studio right here in snowy Clark Fork, Idaho. <laughs> uh, guys, welcome to the show this year. Uh, it's a new year. It's it's. Uh, I'm not saying it's a new year, new me. Nope, it's still same old grumpy, hairy bastard that you've been listening to for a few years, and uh, uh, I, I suppose we'll just keep going with that, so... Um, but it is a new year and, and, uh, there's a, there's a few new things that are going to, that's going to be happening, uh, in terms of the show and, and in terms of what we're, uh, uh, not what we're talking about, but kind of how we talk about them. Um, I want to get a little bit more, you know, a lot of what we've talked about, I, I think is a good way to put it. A lot of what we talked about in the past has been kind of a shotgun approach and it's, it's time to take a little bit more of uh, of a rifled sniper type approach where and that that's going to go for whether I'm talking to uh, you, you know these episodes I'm doing with Chris and Guy um you know whether hunting is con- conservation or whether or not we're talking about like school of September we're going to get really dialed in with those episodes this year school of September I've got some big plans for uh and you know I, I I don't think that the past episodes have been super generic but they also haven't been super pinpointed in terms of the the kind of information that people can take into the field uh you know whether it's for September elk hunting or November whitetail hunting I don't care about what those kind of things I really want to get those dialed in this year and and get those a little bit more focused laser focused on specific things that I think will be uh, super beneficial to you uh, so other than that, other updates going on, um, we have kind of, you guys know, we have, we announced, I don't know, a couple months ago that, uh, the Western Huntsman podcast is now in the family of podcasts for Eastman's hunting journals, which is a huge honor for me and, uh, something, something we were working on last year and it's, it's kind of finally come to fruition in 2023, uh, is where we're going to really hit the gas pedal on that and work with Eastman's Hunting Journals. Um, it's a it's a great group group of guys over there. So if you don't if you don't know much about Eastman H- Hunting Journals, uh, they do do a lot of things in terms of media and hunting, uh, whether it's magazines or videos or how tos and and a blog. They they have me writing blogs, which I think they're crazy for letting me write stuff for uh, for the blog. But uh, they have been, and I've been doing it, and I really enjoy that part of it. But uh, lots going on with that. So uh, if you haven't been over to Eastman's Hunting Journals, uh, check out their website and just kind of see what they have, all, all they have to offer from Tag Hub to the Mule Deer course to, you know, ma- the magazines are amazing. Um, it's a great outfit, uh, but we are plugging along hot and heavy uh, going forward. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. On a personal note, um, I'm still alive up here on the this snowy mountain in North Idaho. <laughs> we had... Uh, the most 
incredulous December um, that I can ever remember here in North Idaho. And I, I think it's pretty specific to this little corner of North Idaho that we're in. Uh, we got more snow than I've ever seen fall in, in December. In fact, it was to the point where um, I, I've bragged about that wall tent on the property here, guys, you know, because we're living in a fifth wheel until our house is built, which by the way, should be this summer, we should be uh, moving into the house finally. Uh, but I talked about how we, we needed to like spread out, right, from uh, living in a fifth wheel. There's, there's my wife and two daughters and a couple of dogs and uh, so I put up this big Cabela's Alacnac uh, wall tent, <laughs> and the the trick with that when you're getting a bunch of snow, and how I did it last year, and how I started doing it this year, was uh, I'd keep it heated. I had a I had like this big space heater in there, and I'd, I'd keep it heated as it was snowing. So if it's actively snowing outside, the heat inside the tent. Keep in mind this thing's like 28 feet long and 12 feet wide. I believe it's a huge wall tent. Uh, but the, the, the goal was to keep it heated. So as the snow fell, it would melt the snow, uh, without letting it and, and not allow it to kind of build up on top. So that's how I kept it up all last year. The problem is, is this December and it started happening like right after Thanksgiving, we started getting just pounded. I mean, snowstorm after snowstorm after snowstorm, it was built. My, I, I had gotten my wife, a new Tahoe, uh, a Chevy Tahoe because that Suburban she was driving was a piece of shit. She'd had it for years, and I finally just went over and got her a new Tahoe. <laughs> well, like a, two weeks later, the entire Tahoe was covered in snow. You couldn't even see it. You couldn't even see this dang thing. Point being, I, I could not keep up with the snow on that Alacnac tent, and it finally collapsed. And there's like a big screen TV in there and some couches and, and whatever. But that's been our disaster this year. Uh, we, we lost the, we lost the carport that I kept my tractor in, which was one of those canvas carports, uh, that came down first. And then like two days later, I, I couldn't keep up with the snow and the driveway and the tent and everything else in that tent, man, it just came down, um, with everything in it. So including our Christmas tree, our Christmas tree was in there. <laughs> and so it was interesting. Um, anyways, I'm not, I, by the way, I'm not, I'm not like ragging on the Alacnac tent either. Uh, I am impressed with how much that thing is taken. Like if you guys are looking for a wall tent and can get a hold of one of those Cabela's Alacnac tents, uh, and they're not like paying me to say this in any way. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm impressed with it because it survived windstorm that had, we had 60 mile an hour gusts. It was fine. It, it survived over six feet of snow last winter. And, uh, it survived a lot this last fall with windstorms and snow and everything else. But finally, and it was uh, not the tent's fault. It was more my fault because I, I just, the, I need like two of me when it's snowing like this. Uh, that tent came down and it's ruined. So other than that, everything, I think we're all up to speed, right? Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Hope you had a great new year. Um, and and I, I really hope you guys are focused on, on what's ahead of you. I, I think 2023 is going to be a good year. It's going to be some good seasons uh, for everybody as we kind of, as we kind of move into, uh, there, there's all these tag draws going on, or all, I'm sorry, all the uh, putting in for for the different hunts throughout the West is, is is upon us. So if you're if you're building points and and whatnot, I'm let me. By the way, let me know if you guys want a podcast episode on uh, building points and finding the um, the right units to spend your money in. Because uh, I, I have a little trick with that, and if you guys are interested, I could do a whole we could do a whole episode on on um, tag applications and draws. Uh, 
Uh, so if you're interested in that, let me know at jim at thewesternhuntsman.com, and I'd appreciate it. Let me know. But for this week, if you have been listening uh, the last, I don't know, few weeks, uh, because I took I took a couple weeks off there without putting down an episode. I know, shame on me. But uh, the last few weeks, the last episode I put out was a was an episode called Is Hunting Conservation? And it was with Chris Rowe of Rowe Hunting Resources and Guy Duplanchier at Western Contours. Uh, both these guys are my friends, and and uh, I, I know they're both more. They they like to think on a, on a deeper, more intellectual level about this thing that we do and how it's portrayed to the public, whether they're hunting folks or non-hunting folks, whatever. And so we we put out uh, the first episode was on my show on this show, and I that that came out on December twentieth. Uh, and then er, late last week, we put out episode number two on Row Hunting Resources podcast. So if you're if you're not following along, uh, jump wherever you get podcasts. You could j- just type in Row Hunting Resources, and and that episode two of Is Hunting Conservation uh, will pull up. Uh, then we're going to do the third installment of that on Guy's show. Um, I th- I think that's how we talked about it last night. Now I can't remember exactly how we formatted it but i believe we're going to release the next one on guys uh podcast which is western contours again anywhere podcasts are found just look up western contours and that um episode will uh will be live soon uh we well we haven't recorded it yet but but we're working on it so the point or the reason i'm telling you this is because these were some deeper con- con- conversations I get tongue-tied between conservation and conversation <laughs> so bear with me uh, but but the conversations were were deeper, and they were. I, I think that we ended up saying things that not a lot of people are willing to say in in a lot of cases. And so I, I I bring this up because we we got a ton of good feedback, we got some you know medium feedback, and we 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 got some negative feedback uh, on on these episodes, which is good because that's kind of the goal with what we're trying to do is is get these conversations started. Because there does need to be a course correction. Uh, and I don't have the answer as to what that is yet. But I do believe that if we maintain the course that we're on as hunters, the anti-hunting movement is going to remove the lifestyle that we all love. It, it is going to absorb what we know as a lifestyle and and... It's just, it's one of those things that we really have to pay attention now because it's not that I'm worried about next year's deer season. What I'm worried about is deer season 10 years from now or bear season five years from now. And, and so that's kind of why it's like, okay, let's, let's try to get in front of this because there's already been a lot of damage done and there's a lot of, um, we have a lot more, I think the, the magnitude of the problem is much larger than what most hunters think about because we're mostly focused on just wanting to hunt. And, and, and that's, you know, that's just how it's always been. We've always just been focused on the hunt and, and uh, getting ready for the next hunt and gearing up for the hunt and, and whatever. But we, we also need to start looking at this from a much more holistic level, a, 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 a bigger level and a deeper level in a sense that if there isn't a course correction, and again, I don't have the answer as to what that is yet. We're working on that. Um, we're going to be in trouble as hunters. 
So as part of those conversations, uh, my buddy Mike Costello had reached out and offered some of his feedback on on these episodes. <laughs> and and I I like I this is what uh what one of my biggest goals was was to get this kind of feedback. And Mike joins me on this episode to talk about his feedback. How you doing, brother? I'm good, Jim. Congratulations on the uh, Eastman's, or I should be congr- congratulating them. Um, that's a great partnership. Way to go. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. No, you should be congratulating me. I, I don't think they know what they got themselves into. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, that's awesome. That's, 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 uh, that's definitely a, you know, a mark on the belt for sure. Um, to, to be brought into that, that family and that organization. So well done. No, I appreciate yeah. that. But, um... you, uh, yeah, the last, I think, I think it's fair to say that, that your podcast, um, and then the one that followed on Chris Rose podcast, um, they stirred, it stirred some emotions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, I thought, you know, I thought, I thought uh, there were some questions in there that that I I actually think that you know we, we can answer. Um, they are answerable, um, but also I just it, it's been a while, yeah. Since we talked, and it is also, you know, tag draw season's coming up, but right now it is advocacy season. Like it's here. It is, man. Um, I always think about that. This, yeah, yeah, and this it's time, time of year. It's this time of year, um, and by April, we'll all be exhausted and tired of it, and we won't want to talk about it. But mm-hmm. right now, um, if we put our head in the sand, uh, there are forces out there that, that are active. You know, They've got paid, organi- paid teams of writers and social media people and lawyers and all that, and they've Lobbyists. been working. And, they're, and they work year-round. Um, to to do what they do to attack hunting and, and quality wildlife management. So we've got a season here where we need to dig in and, and be aware of what's coming our way and spend a few minutes each day or a few minutes each week being advocates for 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 quality hunting opportunities and, and really quality wildlife management. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, and this is this is what happens every winter. We we start getting into these conversations, and this is when we see legislative actions like that one in California a few years back, where they were doing the the bear hunting ban and yeah. uh, all these things. They come about this time of year because this is when all the legislative sl- sessions with a lot of newly elected state legislators get installed. And so I think that's that's part of why. But um, yeah. For for those of you listening, uh, Mike has been on the show. What was that? Was that like a year ago, or was that two years ago? I can't remember. It was winter time. I, I think it was probably a year ago, and I think it was too because we had we had the the second round of attacks on bear hunting in California. We had the petition from the HSUS um, mm-hmm. in play, and so January to April uh, was you know kind of a feverish time of of just really getting, getting advocacy spun up nationwide, you know, Colorado had, had the, uh, I think they were trying to ban mountain lion hunting. Um, and there's this, there was just all across the U S there's just a lot of really high profile yeah. attacks on, on wildlife management and, and hunting opportunity. And so I think we talked probably a year ago or maybe 10 months ago. Yeah, I think it, it was last winter at some point. I just, I just kind of looked, yeah. but you know, yeah. let's, let's kick it off like this, Mike, uh, before we get 
too far into the weeds with all that. Um, give us, you know, tell us for those of the folks that don't know who you are, give us a, a brief synopsis. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. I'm, I'm in California. I'm in Northern California. Um, in the Sacramento region, uh, been hunting five whole seasons now, maybe it was six, 2017 through last year. Um, so I'm, I'm a relatively new hunter, but I grew up in the mountains doing a lot of backpacking and kind of multi-day, you know, fly fishing hunts or fly fishing hunts, fly fishing trips, uh, into the yeah. it kind of was hunting. Um, so it pre- prepared me for doing hard things in the, in the mountains. Oh yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I primarily focus on, on deer and, and bear cause I feel like I've, to give, to give deer in California and bear in California, um, the right amount of attention, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, you know, prioritized and, and almost consuming of, of time and scouting and whatnot. And so I, I'm not ready for school of September yet. Um, I'm not ready for elk. I, I will be <laughs> I think a year or two from now. I think it's going to start tickling my fancy to get out there and, and chase an elk down. But, um, I, uh, yeah, so kind of, you know, classic adult onset hunter, um, I've got a podcast, Hunting Ain't Easy, uh, focus on California specifically. Um, I figured that title was appropriate for hunting in California. And, um, and we also, I also focus a lot on, um, a lot on, on regulatory, uh, issues here in California and elsewhere in, in terms of hunter advocacy. And I probably spend more time on that than the hunting side of it, um, but I, I, I definitely took the summer off. They like after last, uh, after last year's advocacy season, I was pretty tapped out and, and dove into, you know, just good old, you know, home life and work life and stuff like that. So there's a b- bit of a lull in terms yeah. of what, but now, but now, uh, we're here. Like if it's harvest time, it's time to do the work and, and, and protect what we've got and maybe even advance the ball. Uh, forward in some scenarios to improve opportunities. It's not always, we're not always on the defense. Yeah. Um, we can't, really, we can't actually get to where we're, we're promoting good things. So that's exciting. So with your, how, how often are you putting out episodes on your, on your podcast? This last week, I think two or three, um, the prior six months, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're, you're worse off than uh, some other people I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and Chris were lamenting about how they, they'd missed the fall. And I'm like, yeah, I missed the fall and the summer. <laughs> I, I had, I will say this. I had some amazingly brilliant conversations in my mind over that time period. Um, funny how it I just, happens. Yeah. I just didn't capture them. I didn't sit down and, and hit record and have those conversations in a, in a form that could capture them. So they were there. The thoughts were there. Uh, the conversations were rattling around. Um, but usually they were happening while I was out, you know, away from any electronics and I, I wasn't in a position to really capture too much. So sure. yeah. yeah. Mentally still plugged in through the summer, uh, you know, in cur- terms of recording, it didn't happen. Gotcha. Well, uh, we'll forgive you for that. For, for now, Thank you. for now, I hope yeah. you had your Wheaties for this conversation. Yeah, I, don't have, I don't have any sponsors to, to, to have complaining about the lack of bandwidth I'm giving. Them. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it's not, it's, you know, it comes and goes um, on, on, on one person's uh, decision and timeline. And that's probably good. And it's probably bad. 
Sure. <laughs> what yeah. is, I, I got a question for you. Um, yeah. So you, you started hunting as an adult uh, and, and got, you got, you've always been kind of an outdoorsman, right? And I may have asked you this sure. uh, the last time, yeah. but uh, you've always been an outdoorsman, hiking, fishing and, and whatnot. And I remember that part. Uh, then all of a sudden you kind of dive into hunting uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, new hunters and I, you know, five, five, six years, you're still relatively new to hunting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, new hunters don't generally look to some of the regulatory advocacy, you know, hunting issues. They're more focused on learning, uh, learning to hunt and, and whatnot. What, yeah. what drew you to that? Yeah. So I, um, I joined, you know, a bunch of the Facebook groups that deal with hunting in California. And I think there's, there's a couple different types of people that join those groups. Some of them blaze in and on the first day that they're there, they're like, Hey, you know, where's a good spot to go get me a, a, a buck. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and they get lit up by everybody like, shut up, sit down and just pay attention. Um, <laughs> cause we're not going to our honey hole. And then, and then there's other people that, that like show up and they just sit, they like listen and they watch the conversations and they watch the dialogue amongst the members and whatnot and kind of, you know, pick up the cues on how to behave better. And what I saw, and I was probably, I think I was probably part of the latter group. Like whenever I asked a question, I'd probably, I try to bring in like value, like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I found. Here's where I'm at. And here's the barrier I've got. And so people are like, Oh, he's actually doing some work for himself. And so then they would answer my question about what that barrier to success was. And so, um, but what I saw in those groups was also just a lot of bickering back and forth and a lot of, and a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, F the department, F the commission, you know, they're always screwing us. The anti-hunters are always out to get us. And I'm like, and I coming from effectively a non-hunters view, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, like the ant the the antagonistic or the uh, the victim the victimhood that was expressed by everybody didn't sit right with me. I'm like I don't because be- I didn't be- I didn't I'm like I don't believe everybody's really out to get you guys. Yeah, I don't and I don't believe and I and I don't think like the dialogue just didn't resonate as like the right way to solve anything. And so as these things and so that that kind of simmered for a few years and then the um the first attack on bear hunting came up and i just said oh hell no (laughs) i'm like i'm gonna like i'm gonna you know so then all of a sudden the new guy who hasn't ever harvested an animal has an opinion about doing this right and so lots of people like you know who the hell are you and welcome to the Welcome to the club. You know, we've been here since hounds were taken away. We've been here since mountain lion hunting was taken yeah, away. Years and years so, and years. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, but that was a that was a while ago. Like that was, you know, just because there was a loss of opportunity 10 years ago doesn't mean it is predestined for today. And so we need to figure it out. Like we need to figure out what what is this game? Why do we keep losing it? What is the arena that it's even been played in and who are the refs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I view it as one of the things that, that Chris Rowe said, is like, we got to show up. And, and I think that is absolutely the most important thing is like you and me sitting outside of the arena, drinking beer, complaining about the refs 
doesn't help put points on the board. You know, and it's even deeper than that, Mike. It's it's just sure we've got to show up, but mm-hmm. the other the other part of it is we need to know what we're showing up for. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a great example. What you right. were talking about when you joined the Facebook groups, right? And mm-hmm. and you're getting in there, and people are like, "Oh, the the commission is screwing us over." And I see that all the time here in Idaho too. And and a lot of times, the problem that they're talking about has nothing to do with the commission. It's right. not the commission. Or or I saw one. Gosh, this one was funny. I don't know. Two or three days ago, this guy's going. Oh, this damn Idaho fishing game. They shut down Forest Service Road, such and such and such. It's like, dude, right. the yep. fishing game does not shut down U.S. Forest Service roads, man. They don't shut down any roads. It's not their job. It's right. like, Forest I, 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 Forest Service shuts down Forest Service roads. Yeah, let's, let's make sure we know what it is we're griping about and, and yeah. know that it's, it's in the right direction. And, I, I don't know. That, there's a lot. We could do a whole podcast on just that topic alone because it, that stuff, it does. I think that's part of the frustration with this this conversation uh, yep. that we've been having lately is is yep. just the, the overall lack of, of, of basic knowledge on some of this stuff. And I'm not I'm not trying to disparage everybody for it. it it's it's yep. like but the loudest complaining voices that you see on social media generally don't even know what the hell they're talking about. And, and yeah, that's yeah. that's what gets me I, fired up. So I kind of when you, I I will disagree with the statement the loudest voices don't know what I don't know if that's true maybe not um, the loudest but the uh, the most profane and so <laughs> I, so it, like I'm still in these groups I don't post up as much but there's like myself in in the in the in the like four or five California hunting focused Facebook groups there's probably a half a dozen people that that wade into the fray um, on issues like this. And when people start like around forest fire season, mm-hmm. people complain like, Oh, the department's going to shut down the zone in August, right before bow season starts. It's like, okay, timeout. The department has no vested interest and they have no control over that zone. It's you, it's federal land. And so we, we try to, it, it's every year. It's like, I could have these, I could have these responses in, in a copy and paste format. And I'm sure there's actually a couple of people that do this a lot too, that do. And, and what's, what I have found is by consistently redirecting people to what the facts are, there are more people now that will correct those people that are like, have it wrong. Like the mm-hmm. audience of people or the population, that are willing to say it's not the department it's the legislature it's not the commission it's the ballot initiative it's not you know it's not wildlife you know it's not cdfw it's federal government the number of people that are starting to get that figured out is improving yeah um but yelling at yelling for three hours about how fucked up hunters are doesn't win any win any doesn't doesn't get get the audience to tune in so uh, let's talk about that because i i i would assume that you're referencing uh our our uh, latest podcasts and and i'm just gonna just to make it short the the hunt is hunting con- converse conservation see i, I mixed yeah. the word up again is yeah. hunting conservation series that we're doing um chris Rowe, 
Guy Duplanchier and myself uh, on our on our respective podcasts. I'd like to I'd like to just get generally your reaction uh, because I I heard what you just said. You know, guys yelling for three hours. You know, I, I think that there was I, a lot I, of. I don't disagree with with that fire. one on the first one, but let's get your yeah. reaction. Oh, what was that? Did, a, lot, a lot of fire and brimstone. A lot of how yeah. how screwed up hunters are. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of ranting about how, how hunters have it wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, I just, I don't see it that way. Do you, um, do, in, in that particular, that, that particular reaction, Mike, are you talking about from episode one or episode two? Cause you've listened to both, right? Both. Both. I think it was there in both. And, um, and so your, your initial reaction is that it was, it you, well, I hear, I hear a lot. Of, I hear, and it wasn't just your your conversation. I I, I hear or see a lot of people in the hunting, I'll say industry, um, like talking about how we're all doing it wrong, but not offering the punchline of what they think we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, and I, and so I I think it's hard to just say, oh, you know, we need to stop bitching about, you know, 6.5 versus 308 versus 300 win. It's like, okay, well, those conversations are going to happen a lot, regardless, what should we be doing? Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to, we need to get to the punchline of what should we be doing? I don't, you know, I don't really think that prairie dog shooting contests and coyote shooting contests, other than being an extreme edge of our community that might attract a lot of attention, but it is an edge of our community. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time talking about it because it's not us. It's not. Well, it's, I, I would disagree with that, Mike. And, and most of us. The, the reason I would disagree with that particularly is there's, it is, it is maybe, I don't want to call it a fringe side of hunting. It's because it's not, it's not like fringe or extreme to do a coyote hunting contest. Those have been going on for decades. Sure. Uh, but, but it's, you know, we should talk about it because it, it might not be important to somebody who doesn't do it, but there's a lot right. of people that listen to, to this show and your show and everybody else's show that, that are interested in doing it. And it's, it's, it is, one of those things that gets one of the most nastiest reactions from non-hunters and anti-hunters are those yeah. things. And so that's why they're at the forefront of everybody's minds all the time. And right. so not that I think we need to do an entire series dedicated to just defending coyote contests, but I, I think that it, it's important because the way it's painted and it, the way it's portrayed is, is it's totally wrong. It's inappropriate by the, by these groups and the way that hunters right. try to go about defending them is also wrong. And, and so that's, I think, where you're getting maybe the premise that, you know, we're just yelling and screaming at everybody and how wrong they are, when, yeah. when in reality, we haven't gotten to the punchline yet. We haven't gotten yeah. to the solution side yet because these conversations, they, I hate the word organic. Uh, dude, I hate it. I hate the term. But these, <laughs> these conversations, they are organic in a sense that that first episode was less just let's just verbally puke what all our issues are right <laughs> and that's what we did and yeah. and and then and now we go into like episode 2 on on Chris's show where we're trying to dial these things in right and and we're trying to dial in what what is the foundational reason 
furthest frustration with hunters because if we're going to solve these problems, we have to identify what the problems are with us, not with anti-hunters. We have well, to. I, oh, go ahead. I'll, go ahead. I, I have the punchline. <laughs> you have the punchline. I have the punchline. Um, I think in, in, in talking about conservation is critical. I don't think hunting necessarily equals conservation. I think hunting depends on conservation and conservation depends on hunting. I think they're reciprocally, you know, they're symbiotic. Um, They are foundationally intertwined, especially in the North American model. And so, um, especially if you include and acknowledge that hunting with conservation in mind includes consumptive harvest or take and it includes killing with purpose. So basically so, consumptive and non-consumptive. Non-consumptive, but with, in- with purpose. Sure, sure. And so I think, I, think th- I think we can, we don't have to say, you know, I mean, if hashtag hunting is conservation, it's like, it's a hashtag. Like, you got to tighten it up. You don't want it to be 47 letters long. Like, you can't make it a sentence. You can't make it a paragraph. It's a hashtag. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you get these very overly simple to, to create a hashtag. Obviously you're going to have these overly simplified, you know, things that, it, it, that, that are put together. And then if you did it right and enough people jump on it, people jump on it and they share it and it becomes a thing. And so, you know, I don't know if it really warrants time to, to be upset that hunting is conservation became a hashtag um, to get the word out. And it gave a lot of people that phrase alone gave a lot of people that hadn't thought about what the benefits are of what they do. And, you know, since they were born, they hadn't thought about it. They grew up in it. Mm -hmm. They just grew up in it. So it gave them three words that they could string together that they hadn't strung together before that helps frame the fact that there actually is benefit, social, economic, uh, you know, natural benefit to hunting. So I do think hunting is conservation, but in the way that it relies on successful conservation, I think successful conservation relies on hunting. There was, to me, they're, they're very reciprocal. I think I, I just as a reaction, you know, in terms of, I, I don't think what you're saying is, is necessarily wrong, Mike, uh, yeah. because I, I, I do agree with that, that, that hunting uh, relies on conservation and conservation relies on hunting in a lot of a lot of the ways you know that's not the only conservation tool out there though and that's what we have yep. to come to grips with I think and I'm not going to speak for Chris or guy as to why that hashtag might bother them um, yep. the it, the hashtag what happens in my mind is you said it it simplifies it. And yep. I think that what happens is hunters think that, oh, well, I bought a $35 deer tag and that's my conservation effort. Um, and, and that's just not how that's, that's just not how it is anymore. The, those dollars do go to some conservation efforts. And, and I mean, we're talking pennies, but that's, that, that money is what funds these fish and game agencies. It's not like it's going to help habitat for mule deer or, or, or whatever. Well, and so we I, have I, to broaden what it is. Why is hunting con- conservation? If you- In California, tag money goes to the big, big game management account. And the big game management account doles out money in forms of grants 
to habitat work and studies. But where does, so I'm not familiar with how California does it, but where does that grant money come from? You're saying the grant money comes from tag allocations or I'm sorry, tag, tag uh, sales, sales, tag sales. I buy the tag. The money goes to the big game management account. And what, what happens when they, what, what do they do with that money? They give California Deer Association a $22 million five-year habitat improvement uh, grant. They, they, do, uh, they, they write a, a grant to some university student that's doing a, their PhD in, in some you know, a critter, you know, critter population count. Gotcha. Uh, just, yeah, it, it, and it's steered, it is steered by um, a handful of leaders from you know, the RMEF and you know, basically conservation org leaders. Mm-hmm. you know that have a vested interest in seeing the money come back to their org sometimes but um but they're close to it and and so is, is, is it perfect no but i do believe that at least here it's not pennies yes there are other funds that come from the general fund that contribute to the department's capability of, of you know enforcing you know wardens aren't paid for operating it. costs kind of thing yeah operating costs legal costs you know administrative costs but but it, it is, there's a pretty good mechanism for it here, at least. But I, the, the, the punchline, I didn't really, I didn't get to the full punchline. The part that we're not, the thing that I think we're not doing enough of, that I think we need to, is we don't, we don't need to justify hunting because of conservation, because of its relationship to conservation. We need to make the approach that hunting is is basically an intrinsically human activity since we started eating food and procreating that is is good that is beneficial and good and it is not something that should be taken away from people and that and but it's not but obviously there's too many people. We can't just all run out in the woods and kill you know, like a mule deer buck because mm-hmm. then we wouldn't be in, we wouldn't be doing conservation. Conservation throttled back like the market hunting and the, you know the over harvest. Mm-hmm. And so conservation is the guardrail and the and the life support system that makes it so that we can all exercise that intrinsic impulse to go out in the woods to, and find something. And I think. We have collectively been shepherded into the dark corners and the shadows and not been public about hunting enough. You know, up in Washington, you go to Washington, you got three counties that steer almost all of the legislative decisions in Washington, right? Washington Mm -hmm. State. You got a governor that's put a, a strongly anti-hunting uh commission together even though their charter is to support recreational hunting and and management of animals through hunting and opportunity they are they are outwardly against hunting in washington right now and i think the problem that we have is that if you're in say in downtown seattle you don't know that your neighbor hunts and so you make decisions and you vote and you are and you answer surveys and you respond to the concept of hunting in a way that doesn't support your neighbor. And so 
either your neighbor doesn't hunt or you don't know that your neighbor hunt because they're afraid of putting it out there, you know, in the public, public eye. Yeah. Whereas if everybody in Seattle knew one person who hunted and they knew the effort that it took, the investment it took, the time it took, what they get out of it physically, mentally, emotionally, financially from, you know, they, with the food they get. If everybody in Seattle knew one knew that knew that they knew one person that hunted, these things wouldn't go so severely against the community of hunters. So how but how do we achieve that? Because one of the things that we talked about on on those episodes is kind of like one way to put it is value sets. Yeah. And so when when we're talking about value sets, somebody that is just intrinsically against hunting they're they're just against hunting they think that it's cruel they they think that hunters sure. are evil those kind of people right sure. how how is them being more aware of hunting going to help us if that it makes won't. sense it won't but they're the minority they're a severe minority they, they are the severe and i'm glad you said that because they they really are but this is goes back to what i was talking about initially on on you know we we're talking about the facebook thing where it's there they are a a minority but yep. they're a very loud and very effective minority well they're effective because we're not in the room mm -hmm. we're not we're not there telling our stories we're not there you know they 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 have defined trophy hunting in the last 10 years as something bad like like okay it, it's they have they have defined it as bad when in reality like a trophy hunter is selective. They pass on young, immature animals. Mm -hmm. They intentionally don't shoot any of the animals that would help reproduce the population. They spend, mm -hmm. they buy five to 10 tags a year and hope to fill one or two of them. They invest more into the system for conservation than the meat hunter. You know, if we want to take the extremes. Yep. We talked and about this. Yep. They're selective. They pat, you know, and, 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 and they, and they'll end the season very likely, very possibly not filling the tag and they're okay with that. <clears throat> so like the whole, like if we go back to like the foundation of, of, of how trophies were defined and it was basically intended to, to, to harvest the goal is to harvest the oldest, most mature, possibly past its prime, you know, bear, buck, bull, etc. The trophy concept is set up to ensure herd, you know, herd and and heart, you know, herd and uh, population growth. And so, but it but that language has been co-opted. It's been redefined as something bad, and we let that happen because we weren't ourselves sharing this story, sharing these principles. Yeah. No, I, more, I agree. More broadly. I agree with that a hundred percent. The, the, the term trophy hunting has been hijacked. Like many things have been hijacked and yeah. the, the term well, we trophy saw, hunting is, yeah. has now been taken into this uh, where, where they've almost redefined it as 
well, you know, a trophy hunter is somebody that goes out and they just shoot a bear to kill it. And then they leave it and they go home and post a picture on Instagram. That's, that's kind of what, how they've defined what trophy hunting is. Not, not right. like what, how you describe it and how I look at it and how most hunters describe it is a trophy hunter is somebody's going for the most, you know, mature animal they could find. It's generally a good thing for the species on the, on whatever particular landscape you're hunting or whatever particular species that you're hunting. Uh, it's generally a good thing. It's it really yeah, is, but but absolutely. it has been hijacked, and the definition has been changed so that essentially, uh, and and I think social media has a lot to do with this, where everything is trophy hunting now. I can go shoot, I can go shoot a uh, a, a two point mule deer buck with my daughter, and because I put it on Instagram, I'm a, I'm a trophy hunter. But that's um, only because we're allowing the HSUS definition of trophy hunting to stick. Mm-hmm. And and I'll I'll tell you at the bear at the at the decision at the commission meeting where the decision was made to reject HSUS's petition to end bear hunting in California, which was a, a unanimous vote by our commission. Mm-hmm. We had a we had we had bear hunters and non bear hunters stand up by the dozens and speak in person and via Zoom at this meeting. And every one of us, you know, we all shared different stories. We all looked different. We talked different. We had different stories. And a lot of us talked about the fact that, you know, we hunt bear because of, for the adventure, we hunt bear because it's, it, you know, they are a predator and they do impact, you know, ungulate populations. And we hunt bear because we like the meat. And enough people said that they like the meat that after, HSUS and Project Coyote got up and had their 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 dribble on on how we just hunt bears to kill them and, and take pictures. Um, the commission actually called me and another hunter up and said they just said that you guys take pic you just do this to take pictures. You told us you do this for the meat. Can you can you help us bridge that gap? I, and I talked about the first bear that I took and the meat that I got from it and the fat and the, another guy did. And, and they're like, and the commissioners, one of the commissioners literally said that what we're seeing here is that bear hunting is a value. There is a value set behind those of you that go out and pursue bear. And that's something that they, that, that they hadn't really fully grasped and that the value set from the other side was that they just don't like bear hunting. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that, that is that, their value set. That is their value set, but that's like, but they said, I mean, you know, our I hate to see, hopefully this isn't like a tell for the future, but our commission said, if you want to make bear hunting illegal, you need to do it in a different room. This commission is here to provide opportunity in wildlife management and hunting, uh, hunting opportunity and quality wild management. Man, I wish they wouldn't have said that. I says, I wish they wouldn't have said that because now they're, yeah. they're cued in to just but go to the, tried pay it. off but, the legislator. But the, the fact that they, you know, the fact that they, they finally heard enough of us speaking to where you, we actually had a commissioner say, we see that this is a value set and we are, and it is our job to support that. I don't think those words have come out of commissioners. You know, I don't think we see that very often. We certainly don't see it in the public sphere. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I, 
we have to be more open about it. So, you know, I, and I'm, I'm telling myself this too. I'm like, I'm accountable here too. Where have I posted most of my hunting content and shared with my, with my community hunting content? It's all been on my hunting and easy platform, right? I need to share. And so I'm starting to do this more and is, is share my scouting trip, you know, my, my 16 hour scouting trip to the Eastern Sierra to walk around the snow and the fact that I'm looking for mature mule deer bucks starting today for next year, like we, I'm sharing these things on the Facebook and on my personal Instagram page because I want people that don't hunt to see the effort and the thought process and the investment and time that I, that I, I make possibly to fail <laughs> because sure. a lot of people in the non-hunting segment just think, Oh, you just drive out and shoot stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's not quite that easy. I mean, you can't, can you blame them though? I mean, have you seen the way that right. Hollywood portrays hunting as right. if it's such an easy thing? And, you know, right. I, I don't blame them. I'd think right. that too, if I didn't do it. Exactly. So, but I've had, I've had people, one, one guy said something about like, wow, you know, I didn't know you did this. This was a couple of years ago kudos on hunting you know bared with with a bow um he had a he had a bias against like it's too easy if you're hunting with a rifle it's easy if you can actually find them during the rifle season you know most of the animals just disappear but but his mindset because he saw he's a non-hunter he's in the outdoors a lot he's an ultra runner he's hitting the mountain trails you know he's into the wildlife and the mountains doesn't hunt but because he saw somebody that he thought was like him doing it it opened the door for him to accept it gotcha and and now when i post up like when i rendered all the fat and 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 canned all the meat from the last year's bear i post up i'm like who's interested in some of this and i got i've got locals local chefs i've got people that i haven't talked to on facebook in two years I've got people jumping on there going, wow, that's freaking cool, man. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and, and none of them are hunters or most of them are not hunters. And so it's, we have to open those doors in people's minds and we can't do that by hiding what we do. And and I think, I don't think that that's what we were talking about. Uh, you know, I don't want to hide about what, you know, with what we do. Uh, I think that what we were talking about, and I think that uh, some of this is coming from the the second conversation that we had mm-hmm. um, in terms of how we show ourselves to the non-hunting public, that, I, I mean, I, I agree with what you said about how, okay, we spent three hours yelling at each other. Well, not yelling at each other, but yelling and, and, and just letting off steam, right? The second conversation... Uh-huh rolled around and i i think that part of what you're getting at is you know like you were talking about with the bear uh you render down the fat and then you i think you canned a bunch of the bear meat is that right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i saw your dialogue with chris i think that was last night um you know you had tagged him and uh, he had asked about what oh go ahead go ahead i attacked him no no tagged Tagged. Okay. You know, like when you hashtag row hunting resources. I, I, no, no, no. I tagged him. This is bear meat. Like yeah. this. Yeah, this not, is a bear not attack. This is a bear hunter. Yeah, this is a bear hunter. I, you know, he rhetorically asked, 
he, he rhetorically asked in a very uh, animated fashion, you know, something about bear hunters and just, ta- you know, put it up on the Instagram, but who cares about the meat? And it sounded to me like this, the, 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 the value set that's being thrown out about bear hunters is that we just take pictures of the, of the dead animal and that's it. And so I said, Hey, Chris, you know, here's bear meat. Here's rendered fat. This is why I do this. Um, yeah. And, so, yeah. And so what, what I'm, what I'm driving at, I think is the, Context. Well, let me put it to you this way. First of all, and I'm not I'm not here to defend one person or, or be against no. another person. But uh, Chris is a is a is an avid bear hunter. He's he has uh, sliced a lot of bears open with his bow, and and nice. and and so he he knows all about bear hunting and he's very good at it. I think that what what happens is in something like that where you know I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about this obviously, but uh, in that case, I think that there are a lot of knee-jerk reactions to some of these podcast episodes that we do because we get so fired up about one little thing or or the premise of what we're talking about because it might be going against what the messaging has been on other platforms. And so I think people react in ways that are off base as to what the message was we were driving at. And I, I think like I think that you took Chris's comments in in one of those episodes as as if uh he was like somehow opposed to showing any kind of bear hunting or bear hunting in general uh and, and it wasn't the case so am, am i off base with that or, or like how would you react to that yeah i think that touches on it in the last two conversations you've had and another a theme i keep seeing a theme i keep hearing in in our community of self-produced media mm-hmm. yeah that's <laughs> um, a good way to put it <laughs> is uh is a lot of people saying oh you know we just have too many people doing it for the grand you know doing it for doing it for fix and the thing is is those words are exactly the words that come out of the humane society when they're talking about trophy hunting and I, if it's it, but on that point, Mike, is that do you think that that is totally untrue? That there, yes. that that hunters, yes. Yes. you you think that there are no hunters out there that don't push the limits well, because of Instagram? No, I I don't. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, there's probably bowlers that you feel the bowl that that you know cheat a little bit because they're cheat. I mean. In a community, there's always going to be somebody doing something that's cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that there are enough human beings that buy a tag, go scouting, fill their tank with gas, buy overpriced dehydrated food and and nylon tents for 3x what they... <laughs> I mean, I don't believe that people are investing time and money and effort and thought process into what we do into this hunting thing for the gram. Mm. Yeah. Are, are there extra, are there some cringeworthy moments? There are, we need to, we need to, if we could trim the edges, you know, take 3% from one extreme in and 3% from the other extreme in and do better with how we represent. Absolutely. But we should not be echoing or validating the concept that there's a significant number of people that hunt just to take a picture 
Oh, I don't think there's a significant people that do that. Uh, but we spend that a lot that. of time talking about it. We, we spend more time talking about that and attacking that and validating that premise than the percentage of people that are doing it. But I mean, I, I get that there's we need to bridge this gap that, uh, you know, you and I have and, and a lot of other people have when we're talking about how we're re- representing hunting to non hunters. And, and it goes back to that second conversation that we had had where where I'd got that message from you where it's Chris had presented some some brutal things to us that, uh, you know, to. When we're talking about okay, we are we are a hundred percent for coyote hunting, yet the Chinese wet markets are killing these dogs, and he's showing this, and and, yeah. and that's the kind of stuff where it's like, I I look at that and it's like, man, here's here's a here's one way to put it, Mike. Um, I get so frustrated with my uh, <laughs> some of the stuff I can't even talk straight, but here's a great <laughs> way to put it, Mike, is I believe that there are a lot of hypocrisies in the hunting space that we need to smooth out. We need, we need to reduce the amount of hypocrisies. And, and that is when we can really start sharing our lifestyle with the non hunter in a way that they'll understand it because a non hunter, Chris was absolutely right. A non hunter is not going to understand waylaying a coyote with five shots off a, off a rifle on, on YouTube. They're not, right. they're not going to understand some of these videos that come out of arrows going through bears and, and the sounds that they make and where you and I might love that. I, in fact, I, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I love that stuff. I love it. I, I love watching it. And, and then I say that with this also, there's like this, you know, those cartoons back in the day where you'd have like the angel and then the, the devil on the other shoulder. You know, there's, it's, it's kind of like that where, you know, I have a hard time killing bears and I have a hard time after I kill a bear because I, I really like bears. I, I see yeah. them as a, a very fascinating animal that really reminds me of my dog sometimes. And, and, that's and if it to, does that like to that, me, that's important. How, to what's get it going to do to a non-hunter? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's the thing is like, that's being real. Like that's important. People People that don't hunt, if they're if the narrative is being spun by anti-hunting groups, we're all bloodthirsty. And I, I actually and, and yeah, you can find some fringy, you know, maiming, you know, video where somebody's maiming an animal. I don't like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think we I think most hunters love animals. Oh, most I think so too. I think so too. Care about wildlife. Most hunters want to do what they do ethically and and part of that ethic is minimal pain minimal suffering you know if 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 when i take an animal it dies a worse death than a mountain lion or a wolf or a coyote taking it down then i have failed yep and so we need to point that out like i was i i i had the the inspiration today to look at uh one of the nonprofit anti-hunting groups uh, websites today. And I'm like, why don't they have any pictures of this, of this wolf eating dinner? Like I I love pictures of wolves. Wolves are majestic. They're, they're They're cool animals, right? Wolves are amazing animals. But if all you're going to do is put up pictures of, of this stately critter, you know, standing there looking at you from 30 yards away, you're not telling the whole story. Like, 
I want to see if you're going to represent wolves entirely, then I want to see that thing gutting a cat, an elk calf, you know, while it's standing up on its feet. So like, don't like tell the whole story. That's not, and and that's part of our problem too, Mike. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, as hunters, it doesn't matter what side of this particular fence we're standing on, you know, Mm -hmm. whether, whether you think we need to put more content out there to help non-hunters understand it or, or, or whether you're one of those people that think we need to hide it. I, I'm, I'm kind of in between there in a way where I, I feel like there's, there's some solutions that really need to be hashed out in order to figure this out as, as a group. You know, I'm not going to have the answers. You're not going to have the answers. But the thing that, that gets me frustrated with this entire discussion is the mountain that we have to climb with that because you nailed it. I, what, what is that show? I just watched it like two weeks ago with, uh, with my girls. It came out when we were kids, Harry and the Hendersons. Remember this, the, uh, the Bigfoot they find over in Seattle. No idea what you're talking about. You don't, you don't remember the movie, <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> I missed it. I he, missed it. He runs over the, the Bigfoot with his uh, station wagon and thinks he kills it and loads it up, ends up taking it home. Well, meanwhile, the, the sucker survives and yeah. it's alive and he becomes, you know, their friend, their family friend. But meanwhile, nice. there's this hunter after the Bigfoot and oh, they yeah. portray him as this real evil, nasty, you know, oh, antisocial, you know, jerk. Yeah. And, and when the reason I bring that show up is because that, that show came out in the eighties, man. And yeah. so we're talking, we have yeah. four decades of this coming yeah. from Hollywood. We have or more deck or more. Yeah, you're right. Probably five or six decades. No, I mean, Elmer and Fudd. Elmer, like Elmer Fudd. What, yeah. What do you call, what do you call a, a dumb redneck hunter that can't put his pants on straight? Elmer you call Fudd, him man. Fudd, right. Yep. Yep. Oh, so. No, the whole the whole thing, you know, which is which is why, and this is a whole another rabbit hole, but which is why they hate the series Yellowstone right now. <laughs> you know, isn't like, it interesting? It is the antithesis of what they want out there. They don't want to see wolves killing cattle. Yeah, in reality, <laughs> isn't it interesting how in in this world, uh, speaking of like the minority, uh, and and this is kind of a humanistic kind of conversation, but the the it's interesting. We were talking about the minority being the loudest and how. We have this this particular segment of the population that is talking about how woke we need to be and how sensitive mm-hmm. we need to be and how uh, you know there's even even as far as yeah, we don't know what gender we are and and all these things that that you take that to 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 that extreme coming from these minority segments of the population, but then bam, this television show called Yellowstone comes out. Yeah. It's about manly men, and and it's about rugged living and and rough life on the in the wilds of Montana. Which, by the way, folks, yeah. that is not how cowboying in Montana really is. So don't up yeah. and move there just because you, <laughs> oh, you watch break, that TV show. Did I break breaking, up? You're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but but the point but no, the, the point that, is is they come yeah. out with this rough and and edgy show. That, yeah. that depicts like some old traditional and old fashioned values. And it's wildly popular. Like yeah. it's wildly popular. And so it speaks to how silent the majority is actually being in my opinion. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's what happens with hunting. The, the, yeah. the issue that we're going to have with hunting is we have these relentless, absolutely uh, ruthless 
small portions, this an even smaller segment of the of the population, whether whether they're just anti hunters or hostile vegans. I always call them hostile vegans. Uh, but but these folks. Oh, you know you know what I like. Angry. To, they're Staying very. Angry. It's like it's redundant. You don't have to say both words. Yeah. Very, 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 very angry. Uh, I actually, I, I was emailing back and forth uh, with Jim Helfelfinger, who is yeah. uh, with the Arizona Game and Fish, you know, and um, he has a great name for them because they're not conservationists. Because we were emailing back and forth about this, uh, they want to, they want a federal protection put on coyotes to protect yeah. the Mexican red, red wolf and recovery units. You know, and it's just, just bizarre. They, they approach it like this. They're you know they're they're claiming that there's there's uh, this epidemic of coyote hunters that are killing the recovering species of of Mexican gray wolves. Which uh, come right. to find out, since like 2008, there's been if it, it would be a stretch to say that that's happened 15 times. Right. So it's it's, it's just a silly years. yeah 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 it's just a silly uh, argument. Anyways, the. Um, you know, they they call themselves conservationists, or or sometimes we call them activists, or or I've I've talked about uh, another term anyway. I won't use that one, but uh, he calls them protectionist groups, and he's mm-hmm. he's absolutely right. They mm-hmm. at all costs the ends justifies the means. They are going to protect this species at the cost of everything else because that's their value set that they have determined will make them a part of a tribe. It's that, also their economy. It's also their it's also their industry. Oh, it absolutely is. The cottage yeah. industry aspect of it absolutely. Yeah. You know, they'll never they'll never celebrate wolf recovery because no. to celebrate wolf recovery means their their lawyers have to go find something else to go fight about. They then their fundraising team has to go find something else to fundraise over. Yeah. And so, and I actually, it was interesting. We're kind of, we're kind of swerving and ducking and jiving and whatnot and the different things here. But I, I actually saw again on, on Facebook, there was a post, you know, one of those sponsored posts from one of those groups looking for more money to save the wolves. Oh, and literally like, get me going with that one. No, no. Like half the comments were from people saying, Y'all need to go away. Take your take your fundraising, your lawyers to some other issue because wolves are good. Wolves are recovered. Oh, that's good. That's good news. There, it wasn't a lot of people saying kill. There was very few kill them alls. It was lots. It was lots of very like thoughtful statements of like you guys are just here to collect money. You're it's part of your machine. Wolves are good. Go on to something else. And it was amazing to see like fifty percent of the comments were of that of that theme. And I was like, good mm-hmm. for us. Man. We need to start like populating those those threads with with somewhat intellectual statements to tell them to pound sand and why they can go go fight something else. <laughs> so, in in your opinion, Mike, because um, we're we're running an hour here, but, yeah. Um, in your opinion, where if if and I'm not saying this in like a hostile way. Just keep that in mind. Where sure. did we go wrong? Where did we go wrong on these conversations that that Chris Guy and myself have had? Um, I mean, we've I ta- we've covered a, a if, couple of them, right? But if, if there is a punchline, I don't know if I heard it. I heard a lot there about what we're all doing. I, I think I heard a lot a lot about what we're all doing wrong, and there's a lot of fingers being pointed at, at what I think are are just average people acting normally, like posting up pictures on Instagram is 
is not doing it for the gram. Like the, the Instagram is our is our is is the equivalent of the 1950s cork board with Polaroids on it. Well, and I don't uh, think I don't think we were just. I, I mean, we all do that. All three no, of us no, on that conversation. I'm not, we do I'm it. Not, I'm just no. I'm not pointing. I'm just saying this is kind of what I got. This is the sense of what I. This is what's. This is the steam that came off the pot, and this is what I. This is what I. I sensed out of it. Okay. I think. I think we need. And, and to bicker about whether or not it's good to say hunting is conservation to me is 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 bad. How do we say hunting supports or benefits conservation better? Yeah, let's figure that out. Let's 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 bring ourselves up to to talking about the relationship between hunting and conservation better, not arguing about it's dumb to say that. Like let's get better at how we say it, not bitch about how we said it yesterday. Um and and so but That's the, a valid the point. main thing that I want to see that I think we need to get to is to where, yeah, post your pictures, but don't, but post the whole story and share. We need to start, we need to be sharing our stories out to our broader community of non hunters. And that's we what I was going to ask you earlier. To, yeah. The, we need the person down the street or our coworker or our, you know, UPS driver, whatever. We need people to know that, you know, Mike, who isn't a three-headed monster and is mostly functional in society, oh, he hunts. And and they and then and it challenges them for a second. And they're like, okay, well, I like Mike. He hunts. So that the, I think that's it's okay that he hunts because that's I like transition it. us. Um yeah. That's going to transition us into into a topic that I, I also wanted to ask you about, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that you you're very correct in in one particular thing that you just kind of brought up is the the humanistic side of it. Like they they look at when, when an anti hunter posts a campaign or a post or an ad or or whatever, um, there is this sense that they are demonizing people that they don't know. Right. However, to be fair. When, and and I'm guilty of this, when I post something about anti-hunters, I have a tendency to demonize them and their people that I don't know. And so I think it's important that we understand that from a humanistic level, that these are humans we're talking about. And that doesn't mean we have to be nice, or that doesn't mean we have to be mean. It, It doesn't mean any of that. It means that we do have different value sets. And so recognizing, like... And this goes both ways. Like for hunters, we have to recognize that these people are not this way because of one particular incident or, or well, maybe some of them are, but uh, they, they are this way because this is a belief system and it's deeply held to them. And it's not something that me posting about how hunters recovered whitetail is going to change their mind on. They fundamentally don't see things the way that we do. Right. So I think it would be helpful if we understood that a little bit more on a deeper level and, and vice versa. They fundamentally think that we are bad people because we fill tags. We, we notch tags. And I think, and and I think when, when somebody said, if somebody, if I have a conversation with somebody and they fundamentally are against hunting, my first answer is okay. I said, the, the great thing about it is you don't have to go hunt. Yeah, you have the choice, and I'm not going to. And, and force that's 
and I'm not going to drag you into it. That's an important, that's an important point too, Mike, that that I've made a million times that that, that's the difference between anti-hunters and hunters is we're not trying to get them to go hunting. They're trying to get us to stop hunting. And so the the power, however, lies on that end where it's trying to stop something. The person that says no generally has the power. Like in a marriage, if you guys both want to go to dinner, uh, but your wife says no to a restaurant, or that's a bad example because they well, always say to no to the restaurant, right? They're trying to take the power, they're, and they're trying yeah. to convince the middle, they're well, trying to, convince I, the middle I, to join a, them. To a better the example would be, uh, I want to get a dog, but your wife says no. The person that says no generally has the power. Uh, versus mm-hmm. over the person trying to say yes to it. So the point the point is is that was a long way of me trying to get to the the question of the hashtag that you use a lot, which is hunting is human or hunting yep. is humane. How how do you say that? Because you, you kind of well, put the e in. You no, know, I, I I say it both ways. I, I, first of all, hunting is human. If I can write it out to where the it doesn't break the hashtag, I'll, I I you know I'll put hunting is humane. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's both. I think you know hunters. Hunters in the large majority value a humane kill. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I also believe that hunters value multiple species succeeding on the landscape. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, the whole idea of wildlife diversity is supported by hunting when you manage, manage multiple populations. I think hunting and, and hunting is human. You know, going back to when, you know, the first time we put food in our mouth um, up till now, it is intrinsically natural and, and normal and an unavoidable impulse. Um, and it has it's provided the success of 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 humans on on this planet. And the other thing I say about is human is where you find large communities that don't have a hunting history anymore. It is there because somebody took it away from them by force. Mm-hmm. It is missing because somebody pre- prevented them from being able to go hunt. True. Very true. And, and that is where they're and and where else in in modern society, do you get to choose somebody's way of life because they're in the minority? That, well, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that'll get us, well, no, that'll I mean, get us going down a whole other path, but, no, but, you're, but no, you're exactly look, right. Look, in California, like, like it or not, like in California, I like the fact that the California hunting community is incredibly diverse. I'm good with that. I think that's cool. And I think it's good for us as a community. I also know that from a platform and from a power and decision-making perspective, the commission values equitable access. Yeah. And so to hunting. And so when the bear hunt was threatened, one of the things we pointed out to the commission was that the bear hunt, the zone that you bear hunt in is within two hours of every urban center in California. Mm-hmm. And it is mostly on public land and is the least expensive tag. It's one of the least expensive tags and you don't have to wait 10 years to get it. Yeah. Basically any person in the state of California and it's the longest season with multiple methods of take. And so in terms of putting 300 pounds of meat on your, you know, in your, in your cooler 
it is the most accessible and opportunistic hunt for any citizen within the diverse state of California. And they're like, we value opportunity. We're not going to take opportunity away. Doesn't doesn't California have one of like the top most robust bear populations in the country? Uh, yeah, I think it's like one. I, it's top three yeah. at least. It's top we're three. talking. Yeah, there's people that say it's. You know, the official numbers are like thirty to forty five. There's people that will say mm. it's over fifty thousand. Um, I mean, we've we've got a lot of bears. We've yeah. got we got we got a lot of bears. Yeah, 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 yeah. The numbers are the numbers are strong. Um, so, anyways, what I'm getting to is like hunting. Yeah, hunting is human, and and people don't have to do it. Um, but it is, it is it, it, when you want to find examples of cultures that have taken the opportunity away from others, there's some very ugly moments in history there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the people that would do that today, I think it is right. I'm not going to tell them that they shouldn't think that way, but I think it's right to point out that their mindset about taking that opportunity away, what the, those moments in history that it's related to that they that they're correlated with yeah I, li- I like that point that's a really good point um how do we how do we get over the the huge hurdle that we have of the the marketing machine that is behind the anti-hunting movement that is that is you know mixed and combined with the uh the passive messaging of hollywood uh, we, that, we like, need uh we need three electronic billboards in in downtown la in la and san francisco bay area and seattle and portland um, what would these billboards talk about and say, put a, put a fine, fine 20 different faces of hunters of different species and put, uh, hunting is human and, and have a story elk hunter, um, t- you know, second grade teacher, mother of two bear hunter, like just, just, just an image that looks like everybody. And a diff- different images, hmm. uh, and different backgrounds, and and then and then you know we develop a, and these are things that I don't know if I have enough juice to to push forward myself, but these are things that are not idly being bannered about. This I you know I think we need to get steam behind these ideas and, and build it. But there's organizations in the U.S. that have big, big, big. They fund a lot of stuff and they've got a lot of money. And we just, if we could just get a little bit of funding to organize the, a, a media campaign and we don't have to, we don't have to change the hearts and minds of people in Idaho. You know, we don't, you know, Montana, we need to, we need to get the population centers where these things get take root because, you know, to the extent that the humane society has operatives in Idaho and I guarantee you they do. Oh, they absolutely do. Yeah. But they're not being paid for by Idaho. Mm. No, they're being paid for by donations from the West Coast and the East Coast. And so we need to steer. We need to we need to like just push the wind a little bit in our direction in maybe 10 major cities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that will impact and it won't be immediate. I mean, this whole thing took two generations to to get to as bad as it is. It's going to we have to we have to accept that we're going to we're going to have incremental wins like if we get wins of a half percent or one percent that's a big win 
But if we can stack up incremental wins in mindset and, 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 and vote and share and whatnot, they don't have to all go hunt. They just have to accept what, what we're doing and how what we do benefits humans and wildlife. If we can get 1% change a year, then we're, we own this dialogue mm-hmm. in 20. And that's how we lost it. We lost it incrementally. We need to be willing to win it back incrementally, but it has to be intentional. I, yeah, yeah, it, it does. And I, I don't want to say, I feel like you're more optimistic than I am. Um, but because I, I'm an optimistic what's, what's guy, option? but th- there is option? no option. That's, that's the, the problem. Option, the, Losing? Just no, giving up? No, I think, I think where, where the, the hurdle with that, because I'm on board, I'm on board with what you're saying. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if billboards are the solution or, or, or whatever. That's not the point. The point is, is we're talking about it and trying to come up with solutions. What, yeah. what I'm concerned about is the ability to get, um, the majority of hunters on board with a particular mission. And, and that's where, again, you, you know, you're like, well, you guys were, you spent all this time ragging on hunters. I, I don't know if it's ragging on hunters, but it, it, it is kind of ragging on hunters sometimes. I, I think it's going to be difficult to get a majority of hunters to get on board with a particular mission. And it doesn't mean we all have to agree on every little thing. You know, you, one of the things that you'd mentioned uh, to me was you felt like we were a little out of touch with, with hunters. And, and I, I feel like we're all out of a touch, out of touch with each other. You know, I, I think that we all are out of touch with, with the reality of some of these challenges are. And I think that yeah. that's why this conversation that we're having is important. I think the ones that Guy and Chris and I are having are important. And, and the conversations, even yeah. though, you know, people are sending me emails over these episodes saying, hey, well, what about this? Have you thought about this? You know, I disagree with that statement because of this. You know, that's awesome because these conversations, they get them thinking and they get us thinking, and and I right. I really do go through those com- comments and the the direct yeah. messages, and I do read that stuff because I want to know what what people are saying, and, yeah. and I, I want to know what people how people react, and so yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't know if it I, my my one of my views is we we don't really have a choice. We're not going to win five Super Bowls in a row in one season. Yeah. Um, we have to, we have to take, we have to view this from, you know, first downs, you know, if you want to go back, go to a football analogy, we, we have to view it like, Oh, Hey, we got a first down. Like let's, let's high five and celebrate. Like, no, we didn't win Jack. We didn't win a game. Even we didn't see when the season, but we got a first down because we're not going to win a game. We're not going to get a touchdown. We're not going to win a season until we start celebrating and working on first downs. Yeah. And so, and that's where, like, go back to the California Facebook groups. There are people that will still say, oh, we'll never win anything. You know, first attack on bear hunting. Oh, it's gone. We're never going to get it back. A warden told me this was coming. Well, guess what? We beat that one back. Comes back again. Oh, see, I told you guys we're losing this. We'll never be bear hunting again. It's like, eh, you know, we won that one too. So, like we can be in the naysayer that will never work. We'll never get headway. But the number of people that have that attitude today in those social communities, as limited as they are, is, is fewer than it was two years ago. And more people are showing up. And I think, you know, we have to, we have to, 
we have to look at what's the long game and how do we get small incremental wins Mm -hmm. and probably a hundred different ways we can, we can and need to do it. And they're probably all right. And to some degree or another, but it has to be intentional and it has to be like with the idea that we can push this thing directionally more than the not and start making headway. Well, I do like your attitude about it, buddy. I, I think I think I, I don't think you're off base. Uh, I, I think that um, there there's there's a lot of work for all of us to do. Uh, I, I really do think that. I think I, I think that you and I covered. I I may have misinterpreted some of your emails or, or messages to me uh, in terms of your reaction to. I, I thought you were mad at me, man. I thought you were just pissed. But I I think that uh, I I think that all in all. <laughs> We might we might have a, a few differences as, as to how to approach it, um, I think but the, the, vigor, the, the fact yeah, that we're working the, towards it is what's important. No, I agree. I, I think the the vigor. The, I may have I may have been tired. I may have uh, lost stamina on with the vigor of the conversation the way it was going. <laughs> the, what dude, with, is yeah. there? An, it sounds like there's an elk or something mewing in the background over there. What what is going on? You calling an elk <laughs> or what? Dog. It's my dog. But that was a dog. Like, to record that and take it out in the woods <laughs> <laughs> you can put that on your fox pro man that's it I, i'm gonna that's gonna be my secret my my super secret elk sound that nobody yeah. else has yeah so but anyways yeah. i know i appreciate i appreciate you um obviously being open to potentially high friction on this there's less than we less than expected i think you can hear kibo whining in the background still but no i, I really you know we, we've got to you know, we, we've got to be in the game. We've got to, we, we do have to show up. And so, you know, why are all those action alerts happening? Well, those action alerts are, are how we show up. We have to get people to show up. Um, and we'll, if, if somebody like, you know, obviously, you know, I'm involved with how um, I've, mm-hmm. I've written some of the action alerts. Um, I believe how is the, the advocacy portal that's getting grassroots hunters voices into the ears of decision makers um, more often than not. And so I think it works. I would say to anybody that doesn't thinks they have knowledge or perspective that is valuable and could help steer or, or get how's uh, efforts done better. They should reach out and help write some of this stuff. As how, how, how do they, how do they reach out to you, Mike? Email info at howforwildlife.org. I don't get it. Char- Charlie gets it. But um, I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's less than a one person show mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it. And it is, you know, last year, I think how got involved in like 38 different campaigns and there was dozens others that how didn't get involved with because nobody involved with how felt like they were close enough to the issue to be a subject matter expert. Sure. And does that mean that the 38 that we, that how got involved with, we were subject matter experts, probably not, you know, we thought we knew it well enough or, um, and so if the, you know, you know, you know, Chris invoked Hal's, uh, Hal's position or action alerts a couple times yesterday when I listened to podcasts and I would say, Chris probably knows more about some of this stuff than anybody involved with how. And so if he would like to get involved and write, you know, that's what we, we need. We need subject matter experts. Well, I'm going to leave to, that up to you and Chris to, to no, work I that know. part out. I, 
<clears throat> I know, but what and, and I you guess guys what, should. You guys should talk. Like you guys should talk. We we should, um, and and I'm sure we will. But you know, I I, I strongly believe that that how is it as a free platform that drives uh, messaging and pulls people in person to show up. Um, it's a great it's a great thing to be a part of, especially January through April during advocacy season. Yeah, I, I would second that. I I think that that's. Uh... It is that time of year, and and we, yeah. most of the legislative sessions haven't started yet, but they're going to in the next few days or, or a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to start seeing things coming down the pike, and eyes are going to roll, heads are going to explode. Oh yeah, you know it's just a, the same thing. I, I I hate this time of year, man. It's it's because that 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 is the kind of stuff, and I get um you know I get emails coming from all sorts of directions, and I'm just one dude that can yep. barely articulate himself with a, with a hunting podcast. I can't keep up with it all. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not smart enough anyway. I, I just don't, I'm just not. And so, well, anyway, yeah, it's a lot. Well, here in California, we've got, um, we've got an elk proposal to increase our elk tags by about 30%. Yeah. I saw that. That's cool. Good. We've got a new bear management plan coming out in April, which I expect to expand the opportunity. Um, which is awesome. And we've got some proposals that were, that were presented by, uh, you know, a hunter, um, to, to make some positive modifications to, to premium hunts and things like that. So yeah, it can be done. I'm not saying these are all victories yet, but just the fact that the dialogues are happening or the conversations are happening is positive. So, well, that, um, for California, those are all positive steps. Uh, it, it, when you, when you compare it to the last few years, uh, so yeah. not a terrible thing. Yeah, just to be in play is good, and, mm-hmm. and I think I think some of it's because we've kind of been we've kind of been breaking the you know kicking kicking the status quo around like we've we've yeah. been we we're, we're not we're no longer accepting of the status quo, um, and we're being vocal and and trying to be you know a little bit strategic and in, in continually approaching the 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 commission. I think I think Washington, the state of Washington, uh, the hunters there are kind of like right on the curtails of that too. Uh, yeah. they're, they're sick of getting kicked around. They're sick of getting, you know, mud kicked all over their face. Uh, when they try yeah. to make the, their, you know, I, I, I feel terrible for Washington hunters because I feel like they don't have a voice at all. Like they, yep. they, <laughs> you know, they yeah, go into this uh, bear meeting and the scientists are saying, Nope, we should do a bear hunt. There's a lot of bears here. Yeah. The hunters are there voicing, Hey, I've been doing this. My, this is how I feed my family. Uh, the, the outfitters are like, this is how I pay my bills. All this yeah. stuff is just going towards the spring bear hunt and boom, the commission's like, no, fuck you. Uh, no spring yeah. bear. It, it was nuts, man. It was, That's I where, just, if we can get a billboard, if we can get three billboards in any city in North America, it's Seattle. Um, like that, if there could be a media campaign tomorrow to help steer the non hunters mindset, even incrementally um in the right direction that's the place to do it yeah so it's um it's tough it's not not, none of these are gimmies there's no layups here yeah um but i think you know like like you said you know like we talked about what what's the other option you know failure is not acceptable and um just we got to get some incremental wins stack them up yep for sure man well i brother man that that was a good conversation. I, I think we clarified yeah. some things. Uh, yeah, I feel like there was some uh, some some misinterpretations, 
And uh, I, I, you know, I'm just I'm glad you're on our side, and uh, you know, glad we're all in this together, and we can we can just continue to move forward. Uh, you're an right insightful on. guy, man. I appreciate you joining me on this episode. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I love the fact that when we do these podcasts, you know, we reach across state lines, we re- reach across, you know, different species and types of hunters. Yeah. And 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 what we all end up working together. So thanks for having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what kind of feedbacks out there, and then we'll get on this again when when there's actually some animals to chase. Sounds good, man. You have a Take great care. night. All right, we'll see you. You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.